Hello, Internet. Welcome to Say Report Junior. Oh, Halloween came out. I'm very excited to talk what? about it. Sorry, I'm like jumping. Oh, you don't, you don't watch movies. You didn't know no, that was the no, theme. No, no, no. I did. I just hit my mic. I did know it was the theme. I just did not expect that when you were like, I have my own little musical intro. Oh, man. I did not expect the Halloween theme. Music so, to, you're expecting to come what? out of your mouth. You I don't know. I thought I, ex- I expected you to be like venom, 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 venom. Sorry, I, don't, I didn't get. I didn't get all of the lyrics to the Eminem lyric theme song. <laughs> so. I mean, it's basically venom. Oh <laughs> That's basically man. Basically the uh, lyric. This is Say Report Junior, a podcast you should be listening to, subscribe to, and downloading every week. I am one of your hosts, Zach Sarawick. And I'm your other host, Dale Decker. I had a revelation, by the way. Oh. And that Fun. that is not as grammatically bad as we think it is. It's just the way we say it, it feels really weird. But as an oh, English right. major, okay. yes. Yes. <laughs> as an English major, if I can point out that the Oxford comma is in our favor on this one. I don't saying, understand the Oxford comma. That's yeah. just words to me. Like, it's just like it's just like if, when you look at a list of things and you're separating like you're, you're separating items on a list. Hmm. So the comma is the thing where you're separating that items on a list. Yes. So the Oxford comma is meant to separate whatever comes after and <clears throat> from whatever came before and. Oh. So like, oh. so like if I were to say like I was going to play Monopoly, checkers. And shoots and ladders. Yeah. The and in shoots and ladders would not have a comma in there because that's all one contained thing. But the and before that, has, between checkers and shoots and ladders, there's the comma. So that you know that they're two separate things. Yeah. Otherwise, checkers and shoots and ladders would be one title, which would be an awesome game now that I'm thinking about that out loud. But uh, anyway. But so the comma comes before and, right? It goes checkers, yes. comma, and shoots and ladders. Right. That's good, where the that's good. the awkward comma is when you put it before the and in a list of things. And for some reason, English majors have been fighting about this for centuries well, about remember... whether or not it's a grammatically correct thing. Yeah. But the Oxford comma is beautiful and everyone else is wrong. So <laughs> well, I, I specifically remember being like, this is where the comma goes. And like a teacher being like, no, you're yeah, wrong. It's a, and I'm it's like, a, no, no, I'm not. I'm a child. But no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird. It's a very, very weird grammatical sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't thing yeah but here i my stance is firmly that it always works and it is always better to have the comma there than not so when i say we are a podcast you should be listening to subscribe to and downloading every week and downloading every week is its own separate thought so we no longer have to be confused about subscribing every week which we were doing before (laughs) perfect (laughs) There, right. I fixed. Well, I, now that that's we've gotten that, for the day. we've gotten that out of the way. We've gotten your little lesson. We should so, have more teaching moments on the show. Should be slightly educational. Then we can get in on the educational <laughs> the side education, of iTunes. Yeah, exactly. We um, can add that tag. <laughs> so, how has your week been? It has actually been a week since the last time we recorded together. This is perfect. How has your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good. It has. It's been very, very fun. Has it been a week? Yes, we recorded last Monday for us. It just came out on Wednesday oh, for people. Oh, right, so. right, yes. Yeah. All right. Um, it has <laughs> I know, been... all time blends together for yeah, us. I know, it's crazy. Um, no, it's been good. It's been it's been a good week. Um, I went to a pumpkin carving party with my mom. 
and I I I um I tried to carve Spider-Man. Well, okay. Well, first, I am not the best pumpkin carver. This is what I'm gonna talk about. Okay, <laughs> it's carving pumpkins, and it kind of works if you're gonna talk about Halloween. Um, this isn't even our Halloween episode, but like it's fall, right? Even though it feels like winter. Oh um, God, yes. No, so I'm not a great pumpkin carver, like. Following the stencils, I'm okay at, but even that, I ended up, I end up like ripping the thing or anything. Um, two years ago or a few years ago, I did Lumpkin the Pumpkin, which I don't know if you know who Lumpkin the Pumpkin I, is. I don't at all oh, know what that means. Oh my god! <laughs> um, if and when we do an actual Halloween episode, you will hear. I will just talk my the entire half hour, uh, half half of the hour. About Lumpkin the Pumpkin. All right. It is fantastic. <laughs> Anyways, he's just a very simple face. So I'm <laughs> like just carved out a simple face. So I tried, so at this pumpkin carving conte- uh, contest party, I. Uh, sh- every party's a contest. Don't <laughs> worry. I understand. I mean, kind of. <laughs> so at this, I tried to do like a really cute picture of a bat and a pumpkin. And it was called, like, Best Friends or whatever. And it was really cute. And then, like, I, I was maybe a little tipsy. And I, like, ripped the thing. And it sucked. So then I tried to do Spider-Man. And off of Off of failed. the thing you already ripped. Wait, hold on. Did you try to turn a mistake into Spider-Man? Is that what so, you tried to do? <laughs> so I hadn't started carving yet. I was okay. I was at the point where you were... Have you like stenciled a carving before? No, but that was going to be my that was actually going to be my question was were you working off of a stencil or were you freehanding this whole thing? <laughs> so I was working off a stencil for the little bat and the little pumpkin. Um <laughs> but I yeah, so when you have a stencil, you like poke holes around the guidelines so you can just yes, cut around okay. the guidelines, right? So I started doing that and I couldn't get the picture flat enough on the pumpkin. So then I wet it to like try and stick it to the pumpkin, and then it ripped because it was wet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to poke holes through it, and I was like, oh. "Well, screw this." So I hadn't started carving. So I saw a picture online of a Spider-Man one. I'm like, "That's easy enough. It's just the eyes, and then you like have to carve lines to make the you know the spider web." The webbing face, yeah. right? Okay. So I carved the eyes, and the eyes look great. And then I started to carve the lines and cut up the pumpkin. <laughs> like, instead, I made it like a huge mouth kind of thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And then I accidentally cut part of the eye out. Oh, God. So there was like an opening so i had to even it out so i cut the other opening so i was like okay this is nothing now this is the bad <laughs> buster keaton routine at this point there should be so, vaudeville music playing behind you so, I mean, <laughs> you cut into different parts of this pumpkin trying to fix everything well i had to like at least at least it was symmetrical it just didn't look like anything <laughs> Um, it, the Rorschach I mean, pumpkin. Yeah. It is whatever you think it is when you and, look at it. And, and people at, yeah, exactly. People at the party were like, oh, it's like Spider-Man mixed with the Joker. And I'm like, 
please don't be nice because that doesn't even make sense what you just said. And, and then I was like, oh, it kind of looks like Taskmaster's like symbol in a way. None of you people here know who Taskmaster is, though. So, yeah. And then I got home and my dad was like, so is yours the anchor? Because it was like, it kind of looked like an anchor. So I'm like, I it has literally become a Rorschach <laughs> test it of It really things. did. It really did. <laughs> And then my mom, like, posted a picture of it on Facebook, and she then showed me the picture. She's like, look, look at your pumpkin. And I was like, how did you fix it? Because it looked like a face now. Um, like, she had somehow, she had covered up the holes in the eyes, so they were continual. And then I looked over at the pumpkin, and there were pieces of tape <laughs> over, <laughs> over the holes. That I created. So it looked, so it finally looked like an actual thing. It finally looked like a ghoul face. So I was like, oh, okay. That's a good fix. <laughs> so yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> so on our latest episode of Dale Decker's sitcom, tries to socialize at a party, yeah. gets a little drunk, tries to carve a pumpkin. <laughs> yep. Yeah, oh, the, the best was like, I'm like, I'm cutting it, and I'm like, this is no longer Spider-Man. And everyone around me, like, it's it's my mom, it's my mom and, like, her friends from high school and all, like, work and all that. So they're all like, no, no, it looks, you can fix it, it's okay, like, just, can, just keep going. And I'm like, if I keep going, I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> and now I do. <laughs> and now my goal is... To do a Litwick um, pumpkin, <clears throat> which will be far easier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, think of it this way. Commitment is a very important value to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you stuck with it. Yeah, I did. Um, I think there are pictures somewhere. I'll, I'll just send. Like, it's probably not as bad as I think it is, but, like, it is. It's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So that was, that was fun. <laughs> So after you, so after you completely uh, ripped a pumpkin apart, how was the rest of your week? No, it was good. It, oh. was, uh, it was a pretty pretty standard week. Um, I went swimming at the gym. That was fun. I miss swimming so much, like in a pool, in an Olympic. It's not Olympic size, but I miss swimming in like a indoor pool because I used to do um, swim lessons as a kid at the Y and like was the youngest kid to be able to go onto the swim team. And then I didn't go on the swim team. <laughs> You're like, nah, just wanted to tell you I could about <laughs> peace. Yeah, no. So I did that. So that was really fun. Um, but yeah, no, it was pretty relaxing. It was pretty, pretty Good. cool. Yeah. Uh, played a little bit of Spider-Man. <laughs> That's that that first DLC comes out yeah, soon. Yeah, I know. It's coming out tomorrow. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I thought it was next week. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, <laughs> tomorrow. So, look forward to that, everybody. <laughs> You're going to hear this in the future, but it's not coming out in tomorrow. Woohoo. Anyways. It'll be yesterday for you. <laughs> yeah, it will be yesterday for you. <clears throat> but no, the the biggest thing that like I w wanted to talk about that <laughs> So, so Billy Joel, all right? You know Billy Joel. You know, you I know, know. Yes, I know Billy Joel. You know Billy Joel. 
<laughs> I know Sir, Sir Billy Joel, right? He's a Sir at this point. He's been has he been knighted? I, I don't, don't know. Think he's been. Knighted. I think you know what? And he can't be. He's American. I'm just thinking if there's someone I know that every time they talk about Billy Joel references him as Sir, Sir William Joel, Sir which William is of Joel. course not what? a just of course not a thing. They're just. <laughs> Anyway, that's awesome. That's um, one of those things that you know is a joke, but at some point you start going, "Wait, is it a joke?" <laughs> oh God, I don't know. So anyway, so anyway, so yeah, um, so that that so he has a station on Sirius XM every now and then where it'll like just be Billy Joel songs, which I love because I love Billy Joel. He's like one of my favorite artists and all of that. Blah blah blah. But today I'm listening to it and it's they do track by track. So it'll run through an entire album of the artist. Okay. So they were going through 52nd Street and it I I like the track by tracks because it goes through and he'll, he'll give like little stories about each of the songs like how Rosalinda's eyes do you, do you know that song? Just keep talking like right, I do, because so... otherwise you'll be explaining every other thing. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm not going to explain a song to you. <laughs> but me explaining a song to you would be me singing the song. <laughs> that's pretty much how you explain a song to someone. <laughs> Anyways, so like I like Rosalinda's eyes is actually like for his mom. Like he is singing it for his mom. So um, he like gives little stories. Um, one of the stories that was really funny is that he was trying to, I don't remember the, the artist, but he was trying to like mimic a way that a certain artist was sounded. And then he's like, I don't pretend that I don't take stuff from other people. I do. Like I take stuff. <laughs> That's how songs get written. I am not a, like, I'm not a performer. I don't love the way my voice sounds. I am a songwriter. And any one of my songs can sound good in anybody else's voice. That is what I feel. So it's like, oh, okay. That's cool, Billy Joel. Thanks for that. I mean, if you're going to be um, honest about it. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, I mean, he doesn't really Dylan, try to. It doesn't seem like he tries to hide anything. Right. I mean, Dylan definitely success. ripped off Woody Guthrie's voice. So it's yes. not like you can pretend like <laughs> it doesn't happen with other people either. Exactly. Um, but it's cool that he's like, yeah, no, this is just what I do. And and he and he always is like, yeah, I don't love the sound of my voice, but you know, I I love what I do. So <laughs> whatever. There you go. Um, but the the thing that got me today while listening to it is earlier in the day because I listened to it on the way to work and the way from work. Um, earlier today, someone requested I don't remember what song they requested, but they requested something, and. They played the live version of the song. So I was like, okay, that's fine, whatever. And then it happened again where someone requested only the good die young. And she was like, yeah, it's been it's been a song that stayed with me ever since I was a seven-year-old girl, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm requesting it, and it's for my mother's memory and all that, blah, 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 right? And, like, a really nice little heartwarming thing, like, dedicating it to her mom, all that. And then they play the live version of it. That is so weird when it's and not specifically requested. Ex thank you! <laughs> it's the weirdest thing to be like, oh what? yeah, you definitely want this other version of the song you love, right? No, if you request a song, <laughs> you are requesting to hear the studio version. Right, the like it's studio one thing edit. 
Right. If she had been like, oh, my mother loved seeing Billy live. Yeah. And, you know, her favorite, what her, you know, his live albums were his favorite. Then you play the live version of that track. <laughs> but if someone is just like, I want to hear this song, you don't just pick that one out of the rotation. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> we haven't had a live version yet. Why not? No, <laughs> no, that's not what I asked for. Like, if I was that woman, I'm driving home and I hear my little blip. I'm like, oh, fantastic. I'm going to get to hear the song I requested. And then it's live. It's like. Well, I'm changing the channel now. <laughs> no, but seriously, because live versions of songs are fun. They they can be fun. Some bands do them better than others. Some artists do them better than others. I tend to like Billy Joel's live um, recordings just because he's so crazy and he changes it up so... Like, he's very much... Um, a jazz performer in that way where he will just like change his songs up while he's playing. So it's cool to hear it that way. But at the same time, live recordings are only fun when you're there at the show. Because like if you like you hear the Go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say like or just like if you listen to them like as a piece, like if you listen to the live album. Hearing like Hearing the track like separate from out of context of the rest of that album is so weird because like it never is cut right mm-hmm. at the beginning and the end. Like there's like you said, they're changing up the composition half the time because they're yeah. trying to put on a show for the yeah. audience that's there. You don't want to just give them everything they've always had. So you do all these different things. And like that's fun in the context of I'm going to sit down for an hour and a half and listen to this whole concert. Not so much, oh, I've got two minutes. Let me hear the live version of that song. Yeah, exactly. Completely out of place. <laughs> and I don't know if I've, like, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it seems so weird, especially, like, following up this whole, like, really nice thing this lady said. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're just going to throw up a upbeat, like, really intense version of Only the Good Die Young, and you're basically just going to hear the crowd screaming the whole time. Yeah. Like, no, no, <laughs> that's not what I wanted. How much? How much Thanks do you love this anyways. Billy Joel song? How much do you like it when eight thousand people at once are singing it, not into a microphone? And then there's a part <laughs> in it, right? So I'm listening to it and I'm laughing because <coughs> I'm enjoying it. Because a, I love that song, and b, it's like it's kind of a cool version of it. But there is a part in it where he just sounds tone deaf, like. He sounds he does uh, not yeah. sound good because he <clears throat> sings it he it's almost like he purposefully is singing it bad. Well, he's singing like, to the acoustics of the yeah, the amphitheater which yeah. is not going to sound good into the microphone that's right in front of him. And it was almost like he was yeah. speaking the lines. It was like your mom only told you that all I could give you was reputation. Like I just turned it into country. But so <laughs> So, like, he was basically, like, speaking the lyrics, so it was, like, through, like, labored breath, like, you could barely, very flat. Almost like playing like, for that long at one yes! time is a tiring thing for performers. Exactly. Uh- <laughs> so, it was just, like, sounded so weird, and I'm like, yep, that's what I wanted out of my request, a tired Billy Joel <laughs> speaking his song. 
There we go. I mean, if I wanted that, I'd just listen to We Didn't Start the Fire again. But exactly. oh, <laughs> but I don't know. But like to go back to the whole, it's better to listen to the whole album. Like Bowling for Soup have they have an album where they play acoustic in a um in in I think um an English church. So and it it sounds cool, and some of their songs sound better in that in in those recordings but it's also cool because you don't they do little breaks in between where they will talk about the audience or the they call them drink breaks and they keep all that in so it does feel like you're at the performance in a way whereas like billy joel he doesn't really talk during his songs. He doesn't right. have breaks, <clears throat> except for at the end where they keep the ending or the beginning where he'll like give a little speech. But at the end of Only the Good Die Young, he's like, yeah, and we'll see you in a couple of minutes. It's like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. It's just like crowd cool. cheering, crowd cheering, crowd cheering, cut off. Yeah. End of track. Exactly. <laughs> it was just so weird. And I just found it so funny and i felt bad for this random woman who like just wanted to hear the studio version of only the good die young (laughs) and got a live track Uh. instead (laughs) so yeah so that's that's my little blip for the week (laughs) (laughs) how was your week my week was good my week was weirdly packed with things um one of which we're going to get to the end here. I think we're going to we're going to converge our blips at the end. But before I get there, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what that was supposed to mean. You're not seeing the hand motion I'm making for that either. I can only imagine. Like <laughs> it's it's your hands just like meshing together. I mean, it's exactly what it is. There yeah. you go. You got it. Um, so, uh, yeah. So it's been a very packed, very fun week. Um, it did start on a well bittersweet note which was the announcement that Carol Spinney, the puppeteer and voice actor for Big Bird, is retiring after 50 years. He's the um, longest-running actor on on Sesame Street. Uh, He has been on since the very first episode of 1969. Um, And I finally saw how Big Bird works, and I don't know how a guy has done that for 50 years. So... Um, this actually, so when this was announced, a bunch of people started telling their Carol Spinney stories, which is great. It's beautiful because none of them were bad. Like it wasn't like, oh, it's retiring. And now suddenly people are coming out of the woodwork to say he's a terrible person. Instead, they're saying things like he got in a pleasant professional disagreement with Mr. Rogers because Mr. Rogers wanted him to come on the show as Carol Spinney and talk about Big Bird and Sesame Street and how that works. And Carol Spinney went, I'm not going to do that. Why would I ruin that for kids? Yeah. I'm not going to come out there and tell them how Big Bird works. Wow. And he committed to that to the point where for Jim Henson's memorial, he showed up in costume as Big Bird, as Big Bird wow. and sang It Ain't Easy Being Green with the chorus as a memorial to Jim Henson. And I dare you to find that video online and not cry because I'm already choking up just thinking about watching it. Wow. Because because you don't think about the fact that, like, he's singing Kermit's song. Like, that seems silly in a way. And then you think, well, Jim Henson was the one that sang it because exactly. he was Kermit. So yeah. to have Carol, like, have Big Bird come out there and sing this song for him was, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. Um, but I am going to ruin how Big Bird works because I think it's <laughs> phenomenal very quickly. Um, he's basically just a giant hand puppet. I think that's the thing that blew my mind the most. 
Carol Spinney would get strapped in this giant eight-foot bird costume, stick his hand in the air to run the beak and the eyes yep. with his right hand, and his left hand controlled the left arm of Big Bird, and that's it. That's that's all it is to run Big Bird. Wow. I watched I reworked watched um follow that bird after this because I was like I haven't seen that in a very long time and I started to realize I couldn't stop looking at the fact that Big Bird's right arm never moves. I don't think it's ever moved yeah. in 50 years. Now because that you mention it? Yeah. Because I, it's I never realized that until right yeah, now. Because it's the, his right arm is controlling the face. Yep. So it's just his left arm and that and his and his face that are moving the whole time. And I was like, "Oh my god, I've never noticed that before." That's um, crazy. That's uh, so other, cool. The other thing that blew my mind with Follow That Bird, have you ever seen the Muppet movie? No. So there is a scene <laughs> in the Muppet movie which came out in 1979. I'm going to go right past that because if I don't, it's going to be a whole other conversation. Oh, it's we such a beautiful have, We can have it another time. It's such a beautiful movie. But anyway, there is a scene in, in uh, the Muppet movie where they are, where Kermit and, and Fozzie are driving. It might be during... Oh. Moving right along. Is this where moving the, right along? Because I yes. know moving right along. Okay. So there's a point in moving right along where, as they're going, they run into Big, Big Bird on the street yes, in the middle of nowhere. Yep. And Big Bird says, hey, do you know how to get back to Sesame Street? No, we don't. Okay. And they move on. And yep. that's it. And if you put a gun to my head three days ago and told me um, when Follow That Bird in the Muppet movie came out, uh, I would have said, oh, they probably came out like within a year of each other because Big Bird has a cameo and and um, the Muppet movie. And it's clearly a Follow That Bird reference. Follow That Bird came out six years later. Oh, wow. In 1985. So either it just took them that long to put the movie together and kind of figure out the story they wanted to tell. Or someone looked at that one cameo in the Muppet movie and went, wouldn't it be funny if that was like a whole movie for Big Bird? And then they made it six years later. <laughs> But I would have sworn that those movies came out like within a year of each other. And then I was like looking at their release dates and I was like, how the hell is that not like a reference? What are you talking about? How did Follow That Bird not come out first for that joke to work? That means that in 1979, Big Bird just shows up in the Muppet movie for two minutes. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh... I, okay, so full disclosure, I've never seen, I have not seen either movie. Um, because I just haven't. I mean, they're I mean they're 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 much older. I mean, the Muppet movie, fantastic. It's a classic. Everybody should see it. Follow that bird. Also very good, but nowhere near as good as the Muppet movie. Yeah. It just isn't. Um, yeah, but no, follow I that just... bird is. Yeah, follow that bird is this weird like it's a mad 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 world rat race esque movie where a social worker uh, yeah. who's also a giant bird decides that Big Bird can't possibly be happy living on. Sesame Street without other birds and so she swoops in and just takes him away. It's like you're gonna go live with these other big birds now who are what? dodos. Wait, and what? then there's like yeah. And then they're like, Yeah, no, there's no way in hell you're happy here, so we're gonna take you and stick you right here in this other house. And then everybody's like, Well, we gotta go get Big Bird now because holy crap, they just took him away. We gotta go get him. It's a very weird concept that for a awful. kids movie that... to be like social workers are are mean and will take you away from your home like that they might as well have just said that um, wow. to be fair the social worker learns her lesson quote unquote by the end of the movie by being like oh no I guess you are happy here clearly I've done my job well and walks away like, like nothing no, happened like nothing like the happened the rest of the, the <laughs> hour and a half did not happen yes. like the fact that Big Bird wasn't kidnapped and stuck wow. in a cage and painted blue didn't happen oh, God. yeah jeez <laughs> 
Oh, it's such a weird movie for a kid's movie. Oh, man. That's insane. (laughs) So after you follow that bird, I started thinking, um, and I was, you know, talking with some people on Twitter about about Carol Spinney and stuff, and someone mentioned uh, what might be the craziest Sesame Street special ever, which is called Don't Eat the Pictures. Uh, the Metro Sesame Street goes to the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. Um, this is a special that I thought didn't exist. Like for years, I remembered it, and so many people told me I was crazy that I started to think I had made it up in my head. But this is a special in which Big Bird gets locked in the Metropolitan Museum of Art overnight and helps a thousands-year-old dead Egyptian little priest dude solve a riddle, and then get his heart weighed against a feather so he can go to heaven as is Egyptian custom. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, what? so he gets, so he's at the museum and then he's like, oh, I've got to go find Snuffle up, I guess, who they all still think is an imaginary friend at this point. Um, and so he goes running off. <gasps> museum is closing. That's a whole other story. Hold We're going to talk about we that. We're going to talk about that. that. Because... Okay, we'll talk about it now. So here's the thing. Snuffleupagus, you know who that is, right? Big yes, I know, that's, I know okay. that Snuffleupagus originally was going to be his imaginary friend, and then they were like, Snuffleupagus is real now. And that's that's like all I have to say about that. Do, do you actually, do you know why that is, though? There's actually a very specific reason why that is. Uh, no. No, okay. <laughs> so, um, so, in the, um, so probably actually not long after follow that bird came out there's a um you know you had the uh oh god spotlight the catholic priests there it is i swear this is all connected <laughs> so you spotlight, had the, the catholic priests. yes i had to remember what spotlight was about because i was trying to remember how to say so you had the um the catholic priest accusations coming out in the late 80s as well as all the satanic panic stuff about kids whether or not kids were being believed when they were talking about being abused and all this other stuff so Sesame Street made a very specific choice. So Snuffleupagus had always largely been real, according to Big Bird. Um, yes. <clears throat> for, uh, so Big Bird had always been treated as a six, big, big, goofy, gawky six-year-old. Uh, and then Snuffleupagus would only ever show up when other people weren't around. And so even though he insisted he was real, no one ever really believed him because he would like walk out of the room as they came in and stuff like that. So then you have all of this stuff about the accusations going around. And Jim Henson and Sesame Street, they started to get very... Uh, they wanted to be very uh, strict on the idea that kids should be believed when they are talking about things because, um, you know, they wanted to make sure adults would listen to kids and kids would feel comfortable talking to adults about stuff. Yeah. So they had a, like, very specific moment on the show where he introduced Snuffleupagus to everybody, proving once and for all that he was, in fact, real. Perfect. So okay. that kids would feel, yeah, so that kids would feel comfortable telling parents, like, no, this is a real thing. This is real, like that kind of thing. Got so yeah. You. All right. Yeah. yeah no, so, I so never Snuffy, knew that. Yeah. I actually, yeah. I ever, <clears throat> I actually never knew that Snuffleupagus was ever thought to be imaginary. Until yeah, like the adults I read don't somewhere. believe he exists for a while. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. I I read somewhere that, or I heard somewhere <clears throat> that Snuffleupagus started out as an imaginary friend and then became real, and I was like, what? Snuffleupagus yeah. was never real. Like, like yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah, so that's so cool, don't... though. That's interesting. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Oh my god, my throat <laughs> just clearing everything. So, in Don't Eat the Pictures, he runs off to find Snuffy in the museum, and museum locks up overnight. 
which I love, by the way, that he runs back to the museum and everyone else from Sesame Street decides, well, I guess we're staying here overnight to find him in this building where we will spend all night still not <laughs> finding him. And no one finds this weird. <clears throat> There's like one security yeah. guard doing like doing like double takes through the whole thing. But no one ever actually stops this like group of 20 people from chilling out in the museum <laughs> overnight. And he you comes across rent this... out museums to stay overnight. Maybe I, it was I, just that. Sure. Why not? <laughs> so he comes across this little boy crying in the corner, dressed like a little Egyptian priest. Kid can't be more than 10 years old. It's like, oh, what's wrong with you? He's like, well, I've been trapped here for thousand years because there's a riddle I have to solve. And if I solve the riddle, then the god of death will, you know, weigh my heart against a feather, which will allow me to ascend into heaven, heaven and become a yeah. star where my parents are. And you're just like, that's just it. That, that's accepted. There is no conversation about that. Big Bird goes, well, I guess we'll have to help you solve that riddle then. And then that's the rest of the episode. <laughs> wow. And that's... of course, you know, everyone else is going through the museum all night and there's little double takes. The best through line on the other side of that is um, where the thing gets its name, which is that Cookie Monster is trying to eat every picture of food he comes across in the museum. And they have to explain to him that you can't do that. There is, in fact, an entire part where they actually do a song they, there aren't songs throughout the whole thing but there is a song which it consists of three angels of cookie monster trying to convince him no you don't eat the pictures because oh, those aren't actually food so... <laughs> i mean uh... so so the weird thing about that is like oh sorry what what's the weird thing about all of that please tell me <laughs> actually... let me tell you I hear this story. Let me tell you what strikes me as a little odd. Hold on. <laughs> Give me a second. Uh, <laughs> no, so so like, hearing you, yeah, I completely dropped the ball, and I did not watch this, and I meant to, and I just never got to. But hearing you explain it to me, and like having a perception of the world that I have now, yeah, is is crazy. As a kid, let me tell you something. I would have loved it. I, I mean, I because, did. I remembered it for years, even though people were telling me it didn't happen. Yeah, so, like, no, it's like Snuffleupagus. Uh, oh yeah. my god! <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, so because like as a kid, I, I wouldn't say kid, but like middle school, high school, I don't know. I was super into um, ancient Egypt and like learning about the um, burial process and the afterlife and all of that. Like, very, very into Egyptian stuff. Um, so the fact that Big Bird found an Egyptian priest, like, young Egyptian priest and had to help him cross into the afterworld, like, that would have been awesome to me. <laughs> like, it would, yeah, especially because there was an animated show called, oh, uh, never mind, let's, no, I don't remember what it's called. I think it was called <laughs> King. Let's move on. <laughs> I think it was, called, oh, it was called Tuttenstein, and it was about, Oh my god, Young. I remember Titanstein. Right? So yeah, I love that show. Um, so yeah, it just feels like the combination would have been great. Plus Cookie Monster. <laughs> Plus um, Cookie Monster. But like, yeah, uh, that's a weird special for kids. <laughs> like, like 1983. It's, it's like, oh, by the way, let's talk about Egyptian death, death process. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's <laughs> man, TV was so different. Oh, man. <laughs> I miss it. I miss the 80s. I wasn't there for it, but I miss it anyway. I wasn't I, there for it. Yeah, that's... Um, I mean, seriously, though. 
TV I mean, was so different of, and so much and speaking better. Speaking of 70s and 80s nostalgia, that rolls me right into the other big thing I did this week, which was, uh, if, if you didn't get it from the opening music, uh, I got to go see the new Halloween, well, which was you? excellent. I did. So I saw... That was that was, that was very facetious. That was, that was convincing. <laughs> um, yeah, I did my... Nothing, continue. Okay. I just <laughs> pinched my finger. Let's continue. Oh so I did uh I did the they did the trek out to El Paso. Um this time they didn't trap me. I got they I good. managed to find the exit and get out before an hour had passed. Um That's good. But uh <laughs> I'm happy. They're just they're going to try every time. They're just going to keep <laughs> changing roads on me to see what happens. Um but yeah, I got to see the new Halloween and I got to see it like on opening night basically, which I don't get to do very often. Um, got to see a sequel to a movie that's older than me, which is, I'm just now realizing I did that and it's a little mind blowing. That's, uh, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I mean, we talked about this before, but this movie completely erases the other like eight movies, movies. that came before it yeah. and is just a direct sequel to the original Halloween. I say direct, I mean, it's still 40 years later, but, um, it is a sequel to but the it original. But take into effect any of the other movies. So it is direct. I, right. Yeah. There's just a time jump. And and written by Danny McBride, which keeps blowing my mind because it really? was like, yeah, yeah, he's the one that was like, I want to come in here and and write this story, and then I forget what the director oh, wow. did. The director did something else, um, in good, which I will forget now, and <laughs> I am terrible for not looking that up. But yeah, um, so John Carpenter still came back and like did music for it and stuff. Yeah. Like he was involved, super involved, and um, obviously Jamie Lee Curtis comes back and is. Which is the cool? Brilliant. That is, is brilliant super through the cool whole movie. Uh, super cool to me. As well as Judy Greer, I love that this is a oh, movie really? where Judy Greer is plays her daughter, and finally is like, this is a movie where Judy Greer is not relegated to being just like quirky sidekick or anything. Like yeah. she has like a purpose in this movie, and is very good. And um, yeah, I just like. Well, I, I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody out there that wants to see it, but I I wholly recommend it. Um, I got to see it in an Alamo draft house, which means I didn't have to deal with annoying people. So I don't have any oh, like cool. funny stories to go along with the fact that I went to go see it in a theater that never oh, have to do that. It, it was, <laughs> it was playing in the right theater. You were able to go. No kids were there, right? Nope. No kids like, trying to go like, see the Incredibles. Nothing. None of that. Right. Like trying to go six see goosebumps. Showed up kids trying to go see goosebumps. No, <laughs> just as the just as the movie like the trailers ended in Alamo. So the way that Alamo Draft House works for anybody out there who has never been to one, um, they have very strict rules about you know phones and, and texting and talking. Like they have a whole system where you can basically get people kicked out very easily if they're being disruptive. Oh, um, cool. But they don't play that message, and they do this on purpose. They don't play that message until the trailers are done. Mm -hmm. So you basically have until the end of the trailers to show up because after that they shut the they shut the theater and you're not allowed in, which is great. But That's I fantastic. like six people showed up just as the last trailer was ending, and sat right next to me, and I immediately was filled with dread. But they were fine. I was oh, just good. like, oh, oh dear God, good. no. Yeah, I was I'm like, actually... I had to drive three hours to get here, and I was here early. You're not allowed. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> um. Yeah, <laughs> I've, yeah, I've never been to Alamo Draft House, so I've heard, but like that's really cool. Yeah, that's, that is how all theaters should be. Yes, it is also assigned seating, which is nice because they, then you don't have to worry. Like if you're so like, like those if people are, another movie, 
those people yeah. are extra jerks because they <laughs> saw you sitting there. Probably, right? I mean, they saw the entire theater sitting there. They were like, I'm not kidding when I say they were like the last people to show up before this full movie started. So oh, it I just was, happened to oh, be that they were next to me. It was a full house? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought oh. you were like the only one in there and then oh, no, no, six no, 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 people no, no. came in. No, no, no. It was just that there was there was just that. six empty seats next to me, and Not I went, true. "Oh, that's weird." I thought this movie would be sold out, and sure enough, yeah, they just come traipsing in. I did think it was a little weird that you were the only one in a Halloween. Oh, oh uh, God! Halloween two, friggin' premiere. Please, please, <laughs> Halloween twenty eighteen. They made the very dumb mistake of calling this movie also just Halloween. So yeah, I in this weird continuity of this franchise now, there is a timeline in which the two movies in it are Halloween and Halloween. So... <laughs> it's not, there's like no subtitle. There's nothing. Nope. It's nope. just Halloween. It just Halloween and then Halloween. My wow. favorite. Um, wow. My favorite is so Halloween H2O, which came out 20 years ago, was supposed to be a big thing because it was 20 years later. And that's the actual yeah. subtitle to it is Halloween H2O 20 years later. That is the whole title to that movie and so people just jokingly have been calling this one halloween h4o which nice. is hilarious but that's like the only way to really distinguish them because... oh my god that's so uh, funny, that's so funny. <laughs> but yeah the um so yeah the the characters are good the acting was good the story the the you get both um it's it's as much a family kind of drama like trauma story as it is um just a slasher flick which is great uh judy Greer, and then i didn't catch the name of the actress that plays her granddaughter but she's also fantastic uh through the whole thing she's also running around in just like suspenders in a suit for like most of the movie because of the <laughs> costume she was wearing on halloween nice. which is like i like that idea of a slasher flick where like your final girls none of them are dressed in anything like sort of skimpy or revealing you've got one in a suit and a Judy Greer in a Christmas sweater and for some silly reason. And then just Jamie Lee Curtis, just, you know, just as Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> she's not dressed like any, not just like anything, but you yeah. know, she's seven, she's 60 something. Now she's not dressed as a, in any skimpy outfits. Yeah. And so like, I like that whole thing. Uh, it kind of does the like star Wars force awakens thing where it takes a lot of like scenes and kind of retread some stuff from the original, but okay and subverts it in very nice ways. Like it's clearly doing it on purpose and it's not a lot and it's subtle enough that it's not obnoxious. I, I am, I was very happy with my viewing of that. Good. I'm glad. So I, it, it for like, seriously, you talking about your Halloween, like seeing going to see Halloween, um, reminded me that I saw goosebumps too, haunted Halloween. <laughs> How is um, that? I haven't seen the first one. So oh I my God. Know. It's so good. <laughs> so Jack yeah. Black made a very weird made that very weird turn to kids movies a lot earlier than most actors do, yeah. and I and it's been working for him. <laughs> like he was just like, you know what? I think I work better with kids, and just ran with it. So. I mean, he does have that. He he has that comedy where it works for kids in a lot of ways. Like yeah, he has his tenacious D stuff, but like. I mean, School of Rock. Like he's, right. he's I think at so School of Rock, funny. he figured yeah. out that like, oh, I work really well, well with, with kids, kids. and yeah, I don't exactly. have to. Yeah, I don't have to be raunchy, and I I can be if I want to be, but I don't have to be. And working with kids is a lot more fun. 
because they find a lot of the stuff funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, but yeah, no, it's, it's really fun. Yeah. Uh, Devin, myself and our mom went and saw it because we all saw the first one together. And, um, oh, it's such a good, it's so much fun. I never read the Goosebumps uh, books as a kid, but it, you still understand what's going on because <laughs> they explain I, it to you. I um, have. Um, so for some reason, I must have been when the Goosebumps show was out, but yeah. we went to Disney World for my 10th birthday, mm -hmm. um, and they had like a whole Goosebumps set up in one of their oh, really? areas. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. They must have been the ones that had the sh like they must have been the ones airing the show. I, I honestly don't remember because we bought everything on VHS and just rewatched them a thousand times. Yeah. So I have no idea what channel was running <laughs> Goosebumps anymore. But <clears throat> I have a picture. I'm staring at it right now of me and Seijin. Uh, green screened into the cover of Night of the Living Dummy 3. Nice. Which I remember the weirdest setup because I've not, like, literally green screened. They had us take a photo in front of a giant green screen and just be like, pretend you're scared. And we were like, <laughs> we don't know what that means. We're just going to smile with our mouths open. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. You got to look like, oh, no. Like running They're away like, no, look more scared. Look more scared. And we're like, we don't. We're too busy laughing at the fact that we're standing in front of nothing <laughs> and making goofy faces. That's fantastic. So. That's so good. Oh god, I would. I need to see that picture now. <laughs> I will make sure it goes up. I will embarrass the hell out of CJ with Perfect. it. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I'm so excited. Um. No. Yeah. But the so the funny thing about the Goosebumps movies is. When we first saw the first, when we saw the first one, our mom, she, she goes up and she goes, I'll have a ticket for Jumanji because it basically is Jumanji. Because I mean, it's basically Jack Black and a kid. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, it was, ba it's basically Jumanji, like the original Jumanji, because everything from the book is coming to, to life. And okay. All of that, yep. Right. <laughs> and then Jumanji comes out, and we see Jumanji. I don't. Rem I don't think she made the joke. I might have to look at Devin. Ah, uh, she, she didn't stick here. the landing. Devin, she didn't. <laughs> did she make the joke? Did she order a Goosebumps ticket when we saw Jumanji? She did. So she did. Um, so sorry, everybody. I had to confer with my um, my brother, who is. Now we have to give him a special guest credit. <laughs> special guest star. Um, so yeah. So when we, when we saw Jumanji, she said, "I'll have a ticket for Goosebumps," and she got the ticket and all that. And then we saw it. Um, so did, did any of the people selling her these tickets appreciate the joke, or was that I the eighth so. time that day they had heard it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure she's the only one who's made the joke, though. Like, I don't know if they they knew. I think they, they knew, what, knew she what she was talking about. <laughs> so, um, so, anyways, so or if they didn't, she was just like, no. I mean, I mean the other one. Um, so when we saw Goosebumps two, she didn't make the joke, but in Goosebumps two. Did you you saw the new Jumanji right? The I, with no, but I know Rock. enough about it. Okay, I, I, well, yeah. So, <clears throat> spoilers for Jumanji. It's not really a spoiler because you see the trailer. The girl who plays Bethany, her character is Bethany, right? In the game of Jumanji, Jack Black plays right. her. Is her avatar? And in Goosebumps two, 
she she is like the older sister of the family who is like finding the book and everything. And she is a writer and she's trying to go to um, Columbia, I believe. And she and all that. And she, like spoilers for Goosebumps 2. I hope you do you care. No. No. OK, good. <laughs> so so at the end of the movie, R.L. Stein shows up, who is Jack Black. And they have like a really nice moment like writer to writer and it's like oh even more connection to jumanji weird just a weird universe (laughs) jack black universe they're creating (laughs) it was awesome it was like like yeah it was great it was but yeah so that was my little derailment oh that's okay (laughs) because that's good you talking about halloween made me think of goosebumps (laughs) Because that's so, the level of scary movie I can handle. <laughs> then there's then there's the goofy, somewhat probably they were trying for scary, but just came off silly, of uh, the movie we both saw the last you couple think of weeks. They were trying to be scary with that. I think I think the comics have tried and failed, and I think the movie realized that you can't you can't yeah. make him scary. He's no. just funny, um, and that is Venom. We saw Venom. Venom. <laughs> Venom. Venom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Here's your stinger. Uh, that's the most popular thing Eminem's going to do in a while. Uh, <laughs> it's the most popular thing Eminem will do. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> so, um, so I saw Venom right before Halloween. And I actually, so before we get into the movie itself, I was, I left work. I drove the two and a half, three hours to El Paso. And I got there just before Venom is starting. So I was like, okay, Venom starts at seven. Halloween starts at 940. I think this will work. There's no reason, but I Google it anyway because I'm like, I should just make sure how long Venom is before I get trapped in some sort of terrible situation. And Google lied to me. Oh, no. Because if you Google the runtime of Venom, it tells you, don't worry, it was a good lie. I mean, it was a lie that worked in my favor. Good. Okay, good. (laughs) I'm going to give you a heart attack. Um, In that it tells you that Venom is two hours and 20 minutes long. Okay. Venom is an hour and 50 minutes long. They have tacked on an extra half hour to that movie. Wow. For some yeah, reason. I, I don't was, know if that I was. was... Just, I was just going to say, Venom feels really quick. Right. Like, that movie's quick. Yeah. I actually had the same thought as I was going through the movie. And I was like, hmm, this is going along at a pretty good pace. I'm surprised. <laughs> this is two uh, and then hours. I realized. <laughs> and I, I don't know if it that. I don't know if, like, Google tries to average out and tack on, like, commercials and trailer stuff before that. But even then, 30 minutes is a lot. Like, 15 minutes of trailers is usually the extent. So I was like, I I don't don't know if maybe they had some sort of insider knowledge of the original R-rated version. And that was two and a half hours long or something. Mm -hmm. But it was just weird because I was like, okay, I I thought I was going to have, like, literally 10 minutes to get from one theater to the other. Yeah. And instead, I had, like, a half hour. Which is doable. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's perfectly doable. I already had the ticket for Halloween bot, so I didn't have to worry about that. I was just like, it was just like, like, it's like when you get to an airport and like you've got like a connecting flight. The connecting flight, they're like, oh yeah, no, you've got like 40 minutes to get from one flight to the other. You should be fine. And they never factor. (laughs) Right. They never factor in the fact that 20 of those minutes, you're still going to be stuck on your first plane. And then 10 of those other minutes, you're going to be running across the airport. And then by the time you get there, they've already called like your boarding party and you're already five minutes late for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it ended up working in my favor. It was just very weird because I was like, I don't remember anyone talking about Venom being that long. That seems strange. That's weird. That's weird. Um, Okay. So you say, so I am out of it. 
uh, because you said that there was an originally R-rated version of this. Yes, I when, did when not Venom know was, that. When Venom was first announced, it was like maybe part of it was just assumed, but especially with it, the very big feeling that like Deadpool was a very big reason why yeah. Venom got picked, especially because right now Spider-Man is not a Sony product, and so they're trying to bank off of they're trying to bank off of Spider-Man without being allowed to use Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> which is why Venom <laughs> takes place in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, which uh, is great. <laughs> which is great. No, it's great that they did that. It's just like, at some point, I think that the deal that Sony has made with Marvel will end, and they will be able to make Spider-Man movies again, and when that well, day happens, this will all upend. Isn't but, yeah. um, Edge's uh, Spider-Verse Sony as well? Yes. Yes. So, so the way that's... So the way that Spider, yeah, the way that Sony's deal with Marvel works right now is that they are basically sharing the rights to Spider-Man. Yeah. But there's only specific, like they're not allowed to just make a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. The reason that they're they, they're allowed to do Spider-Verse is because they are basically it, working around the idea with the multiverse thing. Exactly. So they're not necessarily using like they, there's probably some lawyer out there that's like, no, it's not the same Peter Parker. Technically, loophole. we're not a violator. Yeah, right. It's all loopholes. <laughs> so. They're also going to be then be able to use the Spider Verse to be like, well, if we can't do a Peter Parker story, we can do Miles Morales stories, exactly. and we can do Gwen Stacy stories, yeah. and we can do this and that. Um, and it'll be better. Yeah. So, so initially, the belief was that a Venom movie would be very bloody and violent and yeah. R-rated, basically. Um, and then at some point, they knocked it down to PG-13, and I'm who knows why they edit this or that. But yeah, it was originally believed to be R-rated, and so I have a strong feeling that maybe that's what that two-hour and twenty-minute one was. I just don't know what half hour of movie they cut out of that. Yeah, I if know. that's the case, that, maybe more like. I shouldn't like, have to say this, but the spoiler friends are coming. Okay. Uh, yes. All right. Um, but maybe there was like more riot stuff. Maybe, That's or maybe like... just more like when he's fight, like more blood as he's fighting, fighting. people, and so like those fights might have gone longer. Who knows? Yeah. I also could just be that Google is just wrong, which yeah, I know we don't we don't know how to believe that in this world. But <laughs> Google can't Google... be wrong. What are you talking yeah. about? Google <laughs> and I share a birthday. Wait, really? Yeah. I got I, really okay. This is a derailment of all derailments, but there was one year where I went. I had to. I had to go to Google for something, and the Google Doodle was like a birthday cake, and I was like, "How did Google know it was my birthday?" <laughs> and then my mom said, "Oh, I wrote them and oh. told them it was your birthday, <sighs> so they made you a Google Doodle." That's either very good like, or very bad parenting. I haven't decided like, And I was like, wait, really? And then she was like, no, it's Google is also has your birthday. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm so happy that the biggest search engine in the world has my birthday. Anyways, back to Venom. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I did get so. Got to see Venom, which is exciting, and I didn't have to stress about time or anything, which meant I was able to just sit there and enjoy it. That is a very – it is both well-paced and also weirdly paced just because of that last, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay, yes. Because it's almost like weird – like, they almost weirdly decided, oh, by the way, this entire movie is just a prologue. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yeah, the last – yeah, it's a really, really tight movie. Um, and – yeah, it doesn't feel awkward until a little bit towards the end. Yeah, and it kind of just all... Where it's like, here's your giant climax, and here's also everything. now here's 20 minutes of Tom Hardy 
apparently convincing Venom in all of five minutes that they should be good guys. Like, yeah. that's all it took. <laughs> yeah. And, like, to be honest, there were also moments where it's like Venom kind of just got there on his own. Like, Tom Hardy didn't really have to do much. Tom Hardy. His name is Eddie. <laughs> Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock. Eddie, Eddie, Tom, um, Tom, Eddie Brock, Hardy. Eddie, Tom, Tom. Hardy, Brock, Venom. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, hold on. I, wait, I've got something in my head and I have to say it and it's going to be terrible. Are we all ready for this? Hardy Rock Anthem. Anyway. Oh, I know. <laughs> no. That's a title. Hardy Rock um, Anthem is the title. It popped into my head and I didn't know how to stop it. Anyway. <laughs> um. But yeah, because like. I don't know. I love. I just loved it. It was so much fun. It's everything that you would want out of a Venom movie, you know. Yeah, it is just. Oh, by the way, here's a jerk. Here's a guy and and, and Eddie Brock and Venom have to stop the jerk from doing jerky things. Yep. They didn't even try to make um, Riz Ahmed's character like at all sympathetic in any way. Nope. It's just like, oh, by the way, all of the terrible things you've been told about this guy, they're true, and he's gonna have absolutely no remorse about any of it. Can we? <laughs> Can we talk about Jenny Slate for a second? Can we talk about the fact that they changed something from the trailers to the movie releasing? Speaking oh, of Jenny Slate. I'd rather talk about, yeah, I want to talk about we'll that. Get her, we'll get into her acting. But before we get to that, we'll get the original trailer acting. to this. I mean, we'll get into her That's just in general. But Continue. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. I, I just... <laughs> you said it sounded like yeah we'll get to her acting super super catty like, yeah, yeah it was that. super catty here's the thing <laughs> so the original trailer drops for venom and every time jenny slate is talking about the alien she keeps saying symbiote over and over in a way that was so distracting that that was the red flag to me that i should not be taking this movie seriously oh my god because there's so the happy fact I didn't that she kept saying she just kept saying symbiote over and over instead of symbiote Every time. And she was the one talking for most of the trailer because most of the original trailer was her giving the exposition of where the, the symbiotes came from. Yep. And so she's like, this alien crashed to Earth. We call it a symbiote. And if the symbiote attaches to a host, then the symbiote does this. And I'm like, oh, my God, stop saying symbiote. I'm going to throw my phone across the room. <laughs> and then the movie comes out. Starts, I start watching the movie, and she keeps saying symbiote. And I went, they, they, did someone tell them? Did they really go back through and reshoot these scenes or ADR her saying they it the correct had way? To have ADR it. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna reshoot a scene because Jenny gonna... Slate doesn't know how to pronounce symbiote. That's just the fact that no one told her. They got to a trailer before they finally figured out she was saying it wrong. I mean, I, guess, I mean, yeah, that's. It's bad that it got out there. I also. <laughs> I'm like I said, I'm very happy I didn't see a trailer because that might have ruined it for me. Oh man! <laughs> it's, it's like it's like Avatar: The Last Airbender movie, and they're calling Aang Ong. All yeah. right, that's not yeah really. And and Sora, um, Sora, that's not his name. And Sokka, Sokka, yeah. And Sokka is like Suka or something. Oh my god! Yeah. Anyways. Ugh. So, so yeah, so she's like such a, she's like a human MacGuffin in this movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> she doesn't really do much. <laughs> and you never really see her outside of work except for the one scene where she gets Eddie and takes him back to work. So like, her entire job is to just be exposition for yeah. this movie. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, and I I thought that she was gonna get her own symbiote and and be like part of the movie. Nope. Then and they're then just like just, done. No, she's dead. Story's like story's she was, done. Time to kill off someone. She was like, and she seemed like a like it was so so dirty. Like it just happened. Like, yep, Jay Slate's dead. We're moving on. Oh, oh okay. Maybe that was the half hour they cut out. Maybe it was like a less in like less dramatic than the homeless woman that he sees inside the thing and How tries to like crazy. help escape okay. and all of that. He How... get she gets more character arc than Jenny Slate. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was true. I mean, I didn't even know Jenny Slate was gonna be in this. I had no idea that she was in this movie. <laughs> yeah, no. Again, like I like I recognize her voice right away from Bob's Burgers, and I know she yeah. has done excellent acting. Like, she's an excellent actor, and it's just the fact that for some reason in this movie, it was just like, we got Jenny Slate because we could. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't feel like any, like, it doesn't feel like she really knew why she had gotten that part. It didn't it feel was, like they knew what to do with her character. It was very it was surprising. Like, also, considering, like, my biggest, my biggest um, exposure to Jenny Slate is honestly Star versus the Forces of Evil. Because she plays Ponyhead. She plays Pin- Princess Ponyhead. And there is a skit in the Kroll show called Publicity, which I don't know if you've ever watched. I have not, but I imagine <laughs> that she's very much playing her My character friend, for Parks and Rec, John Ralphio's sister. Maybe. I don't know. Like she, that's... <laughs> so my friend from work showed it to me, and it's just uh, Jenny Slate and Nick Kroll and they're playing um, like PR women, like Valley Girls, right? And it is just the funniest thing. <laughs> yeah, no, she does that very well. That is yeah. very much like her character she, from from Parks and Rec. Is she's John Ralphio's sister? I forgot her name, but she's actually worse than John Ralphio. And it's just like she is nothing but like spoiled brat, funny, and she does that great. And then I know she did. Um, was it yeah, not? Nope, Young Adult is Charlize Theron. No, yeah. Young Adult is, oh my God, I don't remember I don't now. Know. <laughs> she did a movie, Obvious Child. Sorry, I knew oh, that there yes, was like Obvious something. So, so Obvious Child, she was in, and she did excellent dramatic acting and stuff yeah. in that. So I know she can do that. It just was like, it was like someone was like, hey, what if we let you be a scientist and you can add that to your resume? <laughs> yeah, I just it. As soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, Jenny Slate, and then I was like, wait, what? Jenny Slate, what? And then she died. And I was like, well, that sucks. I was, like, kind of excited to see you in the rest of this movie. (laughs) But, no, other than that, it was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I loved, loved when Venom started, like, showing himself to Eddie. And, like, the voice and all that just coming out of nowhere. Like, oh, so good. So Especially good. because that's just Tom Hardy talking to himself. Yeah. Because like, and they 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 telegraphed it perfectly. I think that was that was probably the thing that that caught me is that when he gets in the elevator with, um, I don't remember, is it it might be Jenny Slate. Yes, it is because it's when she takes him and he does the ET thing. Is that he yeah. points the finger at her and does the Venom voice when he's doing the ET, yeah. <laughs> the ET impression yeah. and all of those like oh there it is and then yeah. it's just like that's the voice he starts hearing and it's like perfect yeah. oh good. So good. You know what. Uh, now we're just gushing over Venom because, like, my favorite part of that, it's not, I mean, it's one of my favorite parts, but when they, um, it's like that huge bomb, it's not a bomb squad, but that huge, like, SWAT team comes in 
and they're like masks down or something like that or masks on and Tom Hardy's like you don't want to do that and then they go to <laughs> they go to start shooting and then Tom Hardy's like all right mask on and then Venom comes out I'm I like know. dude it's the coolest just, thing just and like so and adorable like, and like he's basically just like a drunk stumbling into every yes. scene because he's like sick for half the movie with this yeah. thing inside of it and i just love the running joke of i've got a parasite yeah <laughs> oh you don't you don't want to call him parasite that's that's not good the whole scene in the restaurant where he gets to just like basically he's, disrupt an entire what? other movie going on oh, God, so good. and he just sits in the lobster tank <laughs> I want to watch it again right now. Oh like, man, this is a perfect oh this is a perfect God. example of just like shut your brain off and enjoy it type it of movie because really they're not making any sort of major no. they're, I'm saying they're making any sort of major point. They're but they're not. They're not like this is just a like a bunch of characters get thrown into a situation and you get to watch them kind of bounce off of that shit and it just like Tom Hardy doing both as Venom and as Eddie like basically come into this movie and they're just like everybody's taking this too seriously yeah. allow me to disrupt everything yeah. by being yeah. just this bumbling fool that just walks in and then all of a sudden i kick a bunch of ass yeah. like... it's just it was yeah it exactly is that it's like it's not trying to win any awards it's not trying to do anything groundbreaking it has two academy award winners in the movie and they don't even reference that ever <laughs> like yeah 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 uh, no we don't care about awards we just want to have fun like we just want to have fun with this character and they did and it is it is honestly like there are some really adorable parts where like venom and eddie are talking to each other and it's like Oh, your best friends. Like, I was a loser on my planet yeah. too. I like it here more. <laughs> here we can we can dominate and blah blah. It's like, it's like I can't guys. dominate if there's no world to dominate. Let's yeah. go. Stop. Like, like, that's a great it's a great motivation. Or like even at the end of the movie where Eddie's like, listen, all right, so if we're gonna be doing this, we are only eating bad guys. Yeah. Oh and my god, Eddie, talk about aw, not Eddie that... Venom being like, aw. That entire 20 minutes at the end, by the way, is the trailer for the movie. There oh, isn't yeah. there is almost nothing cut from cut for the trailer that isn't from that last 20 minutes oh. of him telling telling Venom that they're only going to hurt bad guys. Like I was waiting for that the whole movie because I was like, well, did the scene get cut? That's weird. Yeah. And then it's like and then the whole turn on the wind joke. Where it's like I will rip all of your limbs off and your face and you'll go rolling down the street. It's like oh man so good and just the fact that he just does that in front of the old lady and he's just like okay we are like not even hiding it yep not even hiding it so good so good i want to see it again yes go see venom it definitely made enough money to get its sequel which is going to be great because of just woody harrelson in that terrible wig which at the end what was that (laughs) <laughs> so that's the the character the, the the character he will he no, says I, the name of the character we play is Carnage. I, I, I know like, I know the character, but like what was that wick? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like we lost all we spent all of our money on Venom. We can't give anyone else good graphics. Venom oh, and Riot man. took a lot of money to make. They look amazing. 
They do. Oh. Like and that that fight sequence between them where oh. it's just like liquid bouncing yep. off of liquid yep. and they're just like tearing apart and that, coming back together. That still shot of um <laughs> Eddie and I can't think of his um Riz Ahmed's yes, character. Yes. I don't remember his character's um, name. Yeah. When they're like going to punch each other, and then you have the Venom and Riot going to punch. Like that still is brilliant. Um, and that slow motion. Oh, so beautiful. Like, like legitimately beautiful. Oh man. <laughs> I had something else, but I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, go see Venom, go enjoy it. Don't, yes. uh, don't think about it too hard. Just really don't. don't. It's not worth it. Like, it's like they they really did make a brilliant. Um, so it's based on a specific comic run in which Eddie Brock is not in New York. Like they made a very smart choice doing that by getting away from all of the MCU stuff that they might be tangled up with later if they try to figure out why Venom would exist and not know who Spider Man is. It's like, yeah. well. Because he doesn't live where Spider-Man is. End of story. Yeah, so exactly. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, so this oh. has been your Venom cast, uh, and Halloween cast, and Big Bird cast. Yeah, we're all we're all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this has been Say Report Junior. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, you should go follow us on Twitter. You can find us at Say Report Junior. Um, you can also find us on YouTube, also at Say Report Junior. And you can find each of us on Twitter. I am at Dale's Brain. And I am at Zerwhiskey. Yep. And uh, I have nothing else. Do you? Nope. Let's go get ice cream. Woohoo! <laughs> Take, it, Take away, it away, Liz. I gotcha. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Say Report with your hosts, Dale Decker and Zach Sarawick. Please follow the guys on Twitter and Facebook by searching for The Say Report. And you can always subscribe on your podcast channel so this is delivered straight to you and you can enjoy it every week. With apologies to your mother, we'll see you next time.